Welcome to Inside Personal Growth Podcast. Deep dive with us as we unlock the secrets to personal development, empowering you to thrive. Here, growth isn't just a goal, it's a journey. Tune in, transform, and take your life to the next level by listening to just one of our podcasts. Well, welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of the podcast. And all of my listeners know who I am, but joining us from the Reardon, the Neil Reardon Center in Tempe, Arizona, is Dr. Sarah Trahan and Dr. Clee Bethel. Good morning to you both. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. It's good to see you both. Thank you. Your smiling faces. Um, you know, this show this show focuses on wellness and spirituality. And it is a mind, body, spirit um, kind of situation. And we get a lot of podcasts from a lot of different arenas and authors and doctors who've written books and so on. And so <clears throat> this morning, um, we're going to be focusing on regenerative medicine and we're going to be focusing on pain management in particular and a particular product that they're using called Cell Mixes and Telefat BOD Kits. But before we get started, I'd like to take a minute and introduce the two of you, if you don't mind. Um, Sarah is a staff physician at the Near Roden Center of Regenerative Medicine. Her primary focus to improve her patients' quality of life by helping them find relief from both acute and chronic pain. She has an expertise in a wide range of option treatments, well-rounded approach to pain management, She's trained in nutritional counseling, herbal medicine, acupuncture, and regenerative injection therapy. Um, she says how you feel and look, oftentimes even with your skin. And Sarah, if you're looking at me this morning, I had a PDT done on Friday, so I probably don't look that great. Um, there's a glow, but I'm peeling like crazy. Um, is led her into a broad range of um, medical aesthetics. She also works in sexual health optimization. Um, she works in a lot of different areas, but regenerative medicine, pain management, um, acupuncture, Chinese medicine, uh, nutritional counseling is her background. Uh, Klee has practiced interventional medicine exclusively for the last 20 years. He currently practices at the Neil Rorden Center Regenerative Medicine in Tempe, Arizona and is the, also the current chief of staff for Arizona Spine and Joint, uh, where he's also the medical director. During the past 30 years, he's practiced in Mesa area, uh, filling roles as medical director at Banner Surgery Centers and the chief of staff at Valley and Mesa Lutheran Hospitals, as well as Banner Baywood and Banner Mesa. Uh, he's also a hospital board member during the merger of Samaritan Hospitals, forming the Banner Hospital Organization. He served as an anesthesiologist in the Army Reserve for eight and a half years. And again, his area of focus is interventional pain management and regenerative medicine. With a background in anesthesiology, obviously, he uh, was a surgical resident at uh, San Francisco, an MD degree from Creighton University and University of Colorado Boulder. Well, thank you both for being on. Thanks for taking this time to speak with us. I think 
for both of you, if we could begin by kind of telling the listeners a little bit about, I know that there's a lot of stem cell work that you do there at that center, and it's kind of a focus uh, for that uh, at the Reardon Center. But if you would kind of tell us uh, where it's going, what's been going on, and what might be the advancement here with relation to regenerative medicine. Well, <clears throat> we're at Sonoran University, which when I joined was uh, Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine. Uh, we've evolved as the pain center originally has evolved into the Neil Reardon Center for Regenerative Medicine. We started out with just me, mm -hmm. and then we've added uh, several gifted physicians, Dr. Jahan, uh, Dr. Dunning, Dr. Gerace, and Dr. Vogt are with us currently. Uh, Dr. Dang, uh, we attracted him from uh, China back in the 90s uh, to come to the school and work with us. So he's a very gifted uh, acupuncturist. Uh, he's written a couple of textbooks on Chinese medicine and acupuncture, and uh, he works with us yet today. Uh, of course, we work collaboratively with each other, and we're also involved with uh, the other components of Snorin University, which would include the residents and the students. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that uh, there was a paper that Sarah sent to me, uh, Clee, uh, kind of about uh, uh, electrical stimulation. Um, something that you had written. I didn't get a chance to read the whole paper, but you know, when you talk about advancements and you look at some of these papers that you've written and the research that's being done there, and this is for you as well, Sarah, um, you know, it was interesting. I understand during the time of COVID, vitamin D was also uh, a very big thing that people were speaking about. There was so much controversy around uh, the issues in COVID. Speak with us a little bit about some of the research work that you do there as well and how that's actually improving the advancement in regenerative medicine. Well, I'll start about the, uh, my earlier research was in pharmaceuticals and in dorsal column stimulators. Uh, that's the study you were referring to. And uh, there were different energy uh, used uh, energy medicine, interestingly, is is very much a part of um, naturopathic and alternative medicine, if you will. Mm -hmm. Electrical energy is one of those forms, and the allopaths were using it. Allopaths are the medical doctors, the DOs, as opposed to the naturopaths, uh, Dr. Jahan. Um, Allopaths tend to use uh, pharmaceuticals, surgery, and some forms of electrical energy. So I was studying of different frequencies, different ways of delivering that electric energy to the spinal cord would result in different levels of, of pain improvement. Uh, subsequently, I, you know, once I started doing regenerative medicine, I set aside the uh, stimulators because the regenerative medicine is a better way of approaching the pain resulting from surgery and other uh, spinal deformities, uh, osteoarthritis, and other disease processes. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, uh, I found it really interesting because, you know, um, you know, 
this has been an area which has been evolving for some time. And, you know, your center is involved in that. And, you know, you both use this Cellmex and Telefat BOD kit as part of your process. And, and Sarah, this one is probably a question for both of you, but how do you find um, that that kit in particular works? And why do you guys choose to use that potentially over other therapies that you might have chosen to use? Yeah, so just as Dr. Bethel was saying, we're, we're following the standard of care. We're providing the patient with all these options for treatment. And then once we kind of hit a wall or we're seeing improvement, but it's not being sustained, then we want to switch to something that we know is going to be sustainable. And what we found is with the fat kits, especially with IntelliFat, is that we're able to harvest good quality fat from the periumbilical region and then wash, purify, and then micronize that fat and then easily deliver it through a small needle into the area of concern. Um, and what's really important too about the kit is that there's this cannula that we're using and the technique that we're using is relatively atraumatic. Um, and that's important because the more trauma that you're um, introducing to the body, the more the stem cells might go to that area of trauma and try to heal that. So we can be pretty gentle with the kit and harvest the tissue that we need and then transfer it to the knee or the spine, for example, and then have all that signaling in the osteoarthritic knee, for example, or shoulder. Um, and so that's why we really appreciate the kit too. It's a closed system. It's really easy to use. Um, and it's point of care. We get the patient in and out same day. Um, so able to follow FDA guidelines with minimal manipulation um, and it works. So, so it's a minimally, it's a minimally invasive procedure for pain management. And as you were saying, you evolved, Clee, uh, you said, you know, from the stimulation to actually using this. And you're saying that it really worked real well. What has been the experience of the patients that you've utilized it on with relation to having them heal, how quickly they heal, and so on? Well, how quickly they heal <clears throat> is a, a function of where they're at uh, physically. So the more debilitated, more sedentary, uh, poorer diet people are going to heal slower. We try to address that before we uh, do the procedure and that we change their diet. We give them proper supplementation to try to build them up to a point where they're gonna benefit maximally from the procedure. Um, the thing I like about the kits is uh, prior to this, we had some concerns about the product being exposed to open air and therefore some bacteria that are just present in all air. Uh, with IntelliFat, we've been able to use it, uh, this system confident in it that we're not attracting those airborne bacteria. It's a closed system, and uh, we've never had uh, an infection of anything we've done with it, so we're very happy with that. We're, we're aware of the fact that sometimes there is a little swelling afterwards, uh, depending on the area of injection. Um, but that usually within a very short period of time, let's say even six weeks, there's a huge notable dif noticeable difference in the pain and the healing in the area. Are you recognizing uh, similar elements too on after follow-up care when you see these patients after you've done these injections um, that you're finding um, really quick uh, healing? 
Yeah, I mean, the best case, I guess, is one we did maybe a month ago. The patient, he came in for one knee and we ended up doing one knee and two shoulders. Um, and he was feeling significantly better after a week, which we were surprised by, because like you said, there's usually kind of this peak of inflammation over the first week, and then that slowly resides. They go back to baseline, and then they get improvement steadily over one to nine months. Which mm -hmm. is, and, um, but for him, it, it just took a week to see that improvement. I think it's because we pair it so well with pre- um, physical therapy, and then they get physical therapy afterwards. We're looking at their vitamin D, like you said, and screening them quite a bit so that they get the best outcomes. Um, and I have with me here just an Oswestry score of one of our patients we worked with. And so 0% is no disability. And he came into our clinic scoring a little over 60%. So wow. a good bit of disability. And then after 14 months after therapy, he was down to 30%. Um, and he had that even one year post therapy. So that's our results are lasting and they're sustainable. And so we're really excited about that. And we're able to what, treat these like spinal radiculopathies. Um, that what is that? Before. Pardon me, but what is that test that you're using, Sarah and Clee, that's actually giving you um, empirical data relative to their improvement in health? You you mentioned it, but it kind of went right by me. So I was just curious what you're doing. And, I, and I'd also like to speak a little bit further about this diet and nutrition. Um, both of you are counseling these patients uh, to improve their diet and nutritional habits as a result because you know that it will be much more effective. Uh, is that because of the process of the injection of these cells for healing and these they actually will um, thrive better when somebody has a better diet? Yeah, so just real quick about the survey. So we're using objective measurements. We have the visual analog scale, which is like zero through 10, 10 being the worst pain. And then one to two or two to three changes in that scale is significant clinically. Um, but we also like to use really specific surveys that get kind of more into the nitty gritty of their back pain using the Oswestry, for example, their overall quality of life using the short form 36, um, the dash looking at the upper arms and hands. Um, so we're able to really follow our patients um, objectively using those surveys. Any more on the any more on the diet, Clee? Because you started mentioning it and I didn't want to interrupt you, but I think it is very important. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> a quick analogy that should be uh, illustrative is uh, if you have a car and you do a bunch of work to the engine, you get all perfectly tuned. If you don't give it gas, it's not going to go anywhere. So controlling their nutrition and make sure and make sure and making sure that they have the nutrients they need prior to the procedure, it uh, logarithmically improves their results as well as increasing the speed that they show results. Do you ever give any kind of nutritional injections or things that are associated with that? Or is that just truly just uh, advice about changing their diet and nutritional habits? That would depend. Um, at times, we do uh, high-dose vitamin uh, injections, uh, intravenous drips, really. Okay, interesting. So, so we do do that when it's indicated. It's, it sounds like you're having great success with this. Um, it always interests me, and I think it interests the listeners as well. Um, what initially drew you to investigate this adipose-based using cannula and then basically taking these cells 
uh, versus the alternatives that are out there. Um, obviously, that aren't using adipose, they're they're using um, PRP. Well, I've been doing this for <clears throat> uh, at least twenty years. Mm -hmm. So I have some history there with what gets results, and I like outcomes. And what gets me the best outcomes in in the worst patients, if you will, the ones with the worst diseases, is, is fat. So that's why I like fat. If they have a lesser problem, PRP is fine. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to necessarily subject them to a lipoaspiration if they didn't have significant disease that I was uh, needing to treat. Um, you know, if they have a sore joint. Um, if they have some mild to moderate degeneration of a joint, if they have some ligament tears, if they have um, mild to moderate stenosis, then I think PRP is all you really need. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Dr. Trahan, I'm sure, has more. Yeah, well, you know, another thing to think about, too, is just the stem cell environment of the fat versus bone marrow versus PRP. You just have more abundance in the fat for longer periods of time, and you still have that paracrine, that cell-to-cell -cell communication as you age that's just as good as the infant. Um, less cellularity, but the communication between cells is still present in the fat, and that's, like he's saying, the older, the more needing patients that need it more um, are going to benefit more from the fat. Do you find, Sarah and Clee, that you can administer this across uh, age groups and uh, sections? Because, you know, the reality is uh, some of our surgeons will say the older you get, uh, the better your fat is, and you actually have more of it. Uh, the younger you are, oftentimes less fat you have, and then the collection of that fat uh, sometimes is not as easy. What What would you guys say about that? Because I know in Tempe, Arizona, obviously you deal with a lot of retirees and people that have come there uh, to uh, kind of retire and maybe have more of these pain issues. Um, but it, are you finding yourself being able to use this effectively across the board? Yeah, we are. And we do screen to make sure they have enough adiposity, you know, in their periumbilical region so we can have the best outcome, um, get the cleanest amount of fat. And we can even put an ultrasound on them and kind of scan to see the deep adipose tissue amount and then maybe recommend some avocados and olive oil for some patients and then they can come back later. <laughs> they know okay. who they are. We, they respond really well to the PRP, the BMAC, and that's really easy to use. And so we really reserve the fat for um, more advanced conditions, failed back surgery, radiculopathies, things like that. So you're using it on shoulders, knees, and the back. Speak with us, if you would, about, because we have spine surgeons using this, and they're actually using it after minimally invasive spine surgery to actually accelerate the healing. Uh, any comment about that? Because one of our uh, uh, doctors that uses the IntelliFact kits is uh, a neurosurgeon and back surgeon uh, out of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, uh, Jeffrey Larson. And he speaks about doing the injections afterward and the expediency of the healing as a result of actually injecting the patient afterwards. Have you actually tried this after back surgery with some of your patients? Uh, generally, generally speaking, there are patients that come with uh, 
post-laminectomy syndrome where they didn't get pain relief and they have additional symptoms because they had the surgery. So I was kind of curious if your surgeon uh, would do a study and he would pick patients that he would do back surgery on and then either use the fat or not use the fat, but also pick patients that he would do surgery on normally, but just use the fat and then compare his results after a year. I think he'd do less surgery. Well, he he is actually. That's an interesting thing you mentioned is that his clinic now is in two segments. He is trying to move away from back surgery as much as possible and gone to an in what's called an M3 clinic where he's just doing what I'm going to call minimally invasive or the kind of things you're doing at the center there. So he's actually morphing kind of his whole practice uh, from the back surgery. And I would agree with you, you know, um, we had Dr. David Hanscom on the show and you guys might know uh, Dr. Hanscom uh, went from being a back surgeon to saying, I'm not doing back surgery anymore because most of my patients actually didn't see much improved uh, benefit as a result of back surgery. Any comment from you guys? I thought my interview with him was fascinating. As a matter of fact, he went into the depths of it way beyond what, what I could explain at this point, but um uh, thoughts from you? I guess if somebody comes in and is having back pain, you're certainly not recommending back surgery right away. Yeah, we do a real thorough evaluation. If they're deteriorating in terms of neuromuscular function, we might send them for surgical consult. But we see more often than not that people are jumping to surgery evaluations sooner than they ought to because they don't know what else is out there. And so yeah. I think one important thing, especially if you're considering surgery, is to find out what maybe interventional injection technique gets you the most relief. Um, and then with that information, pursue the regenerative injection versus maybe seeing the bulging disc and thinking, yes, I need to remove that bulging disc from the body and put a replacement in. Instead, let's work on the joints and the connective tissue surrounding that structure in the whole lumbar segment, for example. And then you'll have better outcomes in terms of pain relief, but also in terms of bouncing back after maybe you have an osteoarthritic pain flare or you sprain a back um, or things like that. So um, getting the right diagnosis, I think, is really paramount and is overlooked um, a lot of times. And so we, that's what I think we pride ourselves on, too, is getting that diagnosis and then pursuing the regenerative technique appropriate. It was interesting you mentioned that because um, the, Dr. Larson mentioned to a friend of mine who is considering uh, alternative treatment that after he looked at the MRI that he thought there was an infection in that disc. Now, I had never heard of that before. Have you ever, is anyone ever counseled or have you thought about infection in these areas where the discs are? And if so, what is that? I, I was something completely new to me uh, when I heard it. Unfortunately, it's one of the forms of uh, discitis. It's very serious. There's a high mortality rate. It's important they be put on IV antibiotics if it in, is, in fact, an infectious uh, cause of the discitis. Interesting. So we wouldn't have any immediate treatment for that other than to get them on IV antibiotics uh, okay. to calm it down and to get rid of the infection. Um, but 
But when you see it, when you see an MRI, can you tell that there's an infection, or do you have to go and obviously you have to probe uh, with a needle to pull part of the cells out to find out what's going on? You you don't have to do that. There, in a lot of their symptoms are obvious that it's infected rather than just degenerated. Okay. Okay. Um, fever for one thing. Uh, severe pain that's not normally controlled. Uh, it's not controlled by things we normally do to control back pain. <clears throat> Interesting. And they're ill. Yeah, they're ill. Okay. Well, so, so in what, what ways have you found, Sarah and Clee, that the IntelliFat Beauty kits to be superior to other treatments? I know you talked about it a little bit. Um, you said that when there's more pain, you're more apt to use the fat and do the injection that way. Um, do you, are you finding with the shoulders and the knee, you, you talked about this patient that you injected both soldiers and a shoulders um, and the knee. Um, and, and then when you do the uh, cannulas, when you actually insert the cannulas and you extract, how many cc's of actual uh, material are you bringing out and then using to put in either a knee or a shoulder? Yeah, so it depends on the amount of structures we're treating and then how good quality the fat is. Um, so we want to account for the oil that we have to decant, the amount of washing that we might need to do. But we might be taking, for a knee, for example, we're going to be putting between four and six cc's into the joint itself. Okay. Maybe half to one cc in the surrounding structures, the menisci around it. Um, and so we at least need maybe six to 12 cc's for both knees. Um, uh -huh. We'd be getting about maybe 24 cc's of fat, which is relatively low. It's They're not even going to notice they're skinnier. So right. I'll have our right. upset about that. But right. uh, <laughs> it's, it's not too much fat at all. <laughs> You didn't come in for plastic surgery. <laughs> we're, we're not doing that. Well, so the benefits to the listeners. So we've got a lot of listeners out there that are interested in wellness and health. Uh, they're interested and in, they might be dealing with either a back pain or shoulder pain or knee pain. Can you explain the science a little bit behind this IntelliFat system and how it works in the body? Because you're basically taking cells out of, as you said, my midsection, and you're filtering them, and then you're re-injecting them. Why is it that these fat cells, in you, both of your estimations, work so much better than anything else? Well, it's a natural cushion, right? And then it's got some paracrine activity that we talked about before. And all that is, is just its ability to communicate with other cells and signal reparative cells to the area. So your osteoblast, the chondrocytes, things that, that are, that are going to fill in defects. Um, they have the signaling capacity to do that. So when we have arthritis, we have, for example, the tibia, and then we have the defects in the bone that are exposing the bone, like the cartilage is worn away, and that wear and tear, there's more nociceptor um, signaling, so it's more pain. And so if we can put fat in those areas to maybe fill those defects or change that inflammatory response, we see results. Um, with spinal stenosis, foraminal stenosis, you have pinching of the nerve, the myelin sheath may get swollen, and all that is is fat for conductivity. And so if we can decrease the inflammation around that nerve, then that can be beneficial too. And that's what I think we really love about the fat kits is that we can put that fat around those nerves 
and help with radiculopathy, whereas the PRP might be um, limited in its capacity to do that. What else about the science? Wait, so one of the problems when we age is we become less cellular. So if you took a small square of skin off an infant and looked under, under a microscope at it, you'd see mostly cells. But if you do that to an 80-year-old, you're going to see a lot of striations, which is connective tissue, and maybe a cell here and there. Mm. So the thing I'm most excited about with uh, the lipoaspirate product is that over time it increases cellularity. And it, this has been studied, and um, I think that's four-year studies are out now, it continues to increase cellularity for at least four years, and there's no reason to believe that it doesn't go on continuing to do that. Because one of the things that happens with fat that you aspirate and process, you, you <clears throat> I should call it adipose tissue, because we actually remove the oil. Mm -hmm. So it's no longer fat, it's tissue. Right. Uh, but it, it has vascular elements, it has uh, a nice matrix. And so when you put that somewhere, you've created a living tissue. So if we put it in the spinal canal, uh, we're replacing the cushion that used to exist there that, to pad the nerves. Mm -hmm. But also, much like the fat that was there before, before it got pushed out, it has a lot of uh, cells with paracrine activity. So it's talking to that tissue there, telling it to remodel and repair. To heal. Yeah. For, to I heal. think, the layman out there listening to heal. Um, you know, to, to reduce the pain significantly. So, you know, you get a lot of patients with a lot of different ailments that come through your center. And whether it's a shoulder pain or a knee pain or a back pain, uh, you get plenty of pains from patients. What challenges in patient treatment have the IntelliFat BOD kits helped you to overcome in those patients? So in other words, where you've actually done these injections and the patients have been have responded like literally 100% or close, 80 90%. Well, I think like the PRP, like we were saying, is really helpful. The bone marrow aspiration and concentrate can be helpful, but sometimes it has a limited effect. And right. what's nice about the fat is it doesn't have that kind of peak inflammatory that the PRP might have. Mm -hmm. um, so it's more tolerable to the patient that's receiving the treatment. Um, and then we're able to kind of fill in those connective tissue defects with the fat that um, the PRP is more liquid, right? So it's not going to fill in and stick around um, as much. It has more of a half-life in the space we put it. It's metabolized slower out of the, the joint, for example. Um, and so people that are really refractory to other regenerative options are really benefiting from the fat transfers or the adipose transfers. As I said before, the, the fat or the adipose product actually becomes part of the joint. Mm -hmm. So it stays there and does what we want it to do. So... As time goes on, you continue to heal. And you can see that kind of in 
plastic surgery too, they're doing these fat transfers and these, the fat is generally staying in kind of the, the face or the breast tissue or wherever they're putting it, right? Because it's becoming part of the matrix of that area. So if it can be used in plastics and kind of maintain that volume, we know that it's being maintained as well in the joint tissue and they're studying that and they're proving it. So. So in this case, fat is good. I know that uh, Jeff's been doing some uh, things for Instagram and posting, and he calls why fat. Um, and the reality is, is that both of you have indicated this morning that why fat, especially in this case, is extremely valuable in actually uh, eliminating or reducing the pain that you might have in these various joints or being caused by arthritis. Um, if there are other doctors out there listening, which there are, there are doctors that listen to this show as well, and you guys are on the forefront, the cutting edge, what we find is a lot of physicians are attempting to go this way. Uh, we've talked about this in the past. We know that insurance isn't a, a framework that th these kits kind of work under. Um, so there is a cost associated to the patient or an investment uh, to get the pain management done. What would you tell the other physicians that are listening today that are either um, on the edge or trying to make an evaluation about utilizing an IntelliFat BOD kit or using something, what might you advise them of? Because you are experts. You've been using these for quite some time. Well, it, it gets easier because uh, as compared to 20 or 30 years ago, people are much more willing to go outside their insurance for what they want. Um, 30 years ago, I can't tell you how many people I tried to convince to do something else because it was what they needed and what would right. work. Right. Said, no, I'm just going to stay with what my insurance pays for. But nowadays, people are disenchanted with their insurance. And they're much more willing to just say, forget the insurance. I just want to get this better. Right. And the other thing you need to do is change the mindset. Is How so? Well, when you have something like a severe osteoarthritic knee that's painful and very disabling, it isn't correct to think about a fix. Because even if you had total joint surgery, that's not a fix. And it's a year out of your life before you're back to normal, if you will. Um, it's management. It doesn't stop you from aging. You're going to have other things. It slows it down, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but it it helps you heal quicker than you're degenerating. So it gives you some traction, gets you an edge, gets you ahead of degeneration. And it repairs. And so, you know, if you're if you're 50, you might and you have a knee problem, you might walk out of the clinic with a sore knee for a week. But then all of a sudden you're hiking and you're doing whatever. If you're 80, it might be a couple months mm -hmm. before you're golfing or doing whatever your activity is that you want to get back to. What I, what kind of things are you doing at the center there where you're accelerating once? I mean, because look, 
people are looking for longevity. I had uh, Dan uh, Butner in here, uh, you know, that was speaking about the 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 blue zones, right? And what we do with our diet and nutrition. I would assume that you're pretty heavily focused on nutrition and diet with all these older patients to attempt to have them have a less painful lifestyle, right? Because if you can change that, you certainly can change that element of their life. And diet is only one part. I mean, look, Dan found nine different things that people are having to do to actually have better longevity. And I think one of those things was, you know, I don't want to get focused on the psychological elements, but, you know, loneliness. Um, they're saying today in the United States, we can only count about three friends um, on our hands. So uh, anything that you're doing at the center that's kind of bleeding edge or cutting edge that would help these patients uh, live a longer, healthier life? Well, I want to say a couple things, and then I'm going to let Dr. Jahan take over because that's her forte. Um, number one, I, I would take issue with the number of friends having anything to do with loneliness. You're only lonely when you're not happy with yourself. Okay. If you're happy with yourself, you're not lonely, even if you have no friends. I like that. Because <laughs> I've always said if you're if you're expecting someone else to make you happy, you're never going to be happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So once you're happy with yourself, you're not lonely. Okay. Uh, on the second thing, um, as you age, you need less protein. So we live in a time when there's a lot of bodybuilders and, you know, in our 20s, we get the idea we need to use a lot of protein. Well, as you get older, that's not true. It actually, in in many cases, ends your life quicker. There's been several giant studies about that, the China study and others so, that really we need so to cut down on protein as we get older. Plant-based diet, but literally vegan. I know I'm a vegan, but the point is, is not everybody's going to go that severe. You don't, you don't have to. It, a lot of the blue zones, it's more of a Mediterranean type diet. Right, right, right. And Some then, fish, yeah. That was the other point I wanted to emphasize. It's the thing that's uh, almost unique to the blue zones is the lack of stress unmanageable stress in their lives yeah <laughs> so you have to find a way to manage your stress in a way that's healthy totally so, agree with you i couldn't agree with you more and sarah do you have anything you want to add to that before we kind of wrap up with my last question here um, well, another thing to think about too is with the diet. There's this whole debate, I think, at our clinic about protein. So oh, we have, <laughs> have bodybuilders in the clinic. But today, I'll say you're right. <laughs> but they're they're twenty. They're in their they're yeah, they're not well. Oh, I, I mean, I'm going to be seventy in July. I don't know your age, Clee, but the point is, is that yeah, it is uh, different. There is definitely a difference in that. So, um, but I'm glad that you are counseling people there at the Reardon Center about these kind of things, and that this is a whole body approach. It's not just hey, come in and we're going to talk about this. I like the fact that you know your Sarah is advising people about a good sex life. She's advising them on skin 
how to take care of their skin better. She's advising them on nutrition. Uh, you're advising them on back pain. You're doing all kinds of things. So it's a great option for people uh, versus going somewhere where a, I'm just going to say a normal physician may say, hey, take an aspirin, go home, and everything's going to go away uh, kind of thing. So one quick point about what we're doing too is we're we're changing their diet and we're creating more of an anti-inflammatory physical environment, but that also is affecting the brain. And we know that SSRIs, you were speaking about loneliness and kind of the mood and how that might be playing a role in people's pain experience. But SSRIs do decrease inflammation in the brain and the Mediterranean diet and all these blue zone diets are also decreasing systemic inflammation. So by helping them with their physical pain, their knee arthritis, the inflammation in the knee, we're also decreasing inflammation in the brain. And so they're able to catastrophize less and have more more hope, which I think is um, a two-way street that's helpful for their mind and their body. And then their family well, and community because they can do more and they're more tolerable to be around probably. Well, I love the approach that you take there. And I think that um, regardless of, you know, IntelliFat or what you're using, you all are doing research associated with what you think can assist your patients in the quickest and most painless way that they can heal there. So lastly, um, for people out there that are listening to this show right now, they've heard us talk about this IntelliFat kit. We've talked about a lot of things, pain management, and they're, but they're seeking relief. What would you like them to know about the, this potential of regenerative medicine and the options that would be available at uh, the Reardon Center there in Tempe, because, you know, some of our doctors, patients travel from all over the United States to come to meet them, right? We experience that because the IntelliFat kit is kind of on this bleeding edge, right? It's not every doctor isn't using this. Um, every center isn't using this. So people have to travel sometimes to do that. And I think if they're going to travel, they probably would want to go to a nice warm area like Tempe. And if I have somebody in Minnesota right now listening and saying, wow, you know, my knee really hurts, my shoulder hurts. I think we ought to go see uh, Clee and Sarah and see if we can get fixed up. What would you want to tell them about it? I think Dr. Bethel said it best a few years ago. He was saying that this is a resource-rich environment, and we take the time to understand the pain generators to offer the most sustainable and effective treatment and educate our patients about what that investment is going to cost, whether that's more time in the kitchen, more time in the pool, um, and also financially the investment that they need to make in the procedure to get the best outcome. So we don't do anything shorthanded, right? We, we go all in completely and provide our patients the best outcome. And Clea, anything, you're running full evaluation of your patients. In other words, somebody comes in and they transfer their records via Epic to you, let's say. I mean, a lot of my patients know that. That's the system that everybody uses in the kind of what we would call normal medicine world. And you get this file this thick. Um, and you've seen all these traditional kind of treatments that have gone on. How do you guys go about slicing and dicing that to start to work with a patient uh, at the Reardon Center? Well, after I'm done crying for their suffering and pain, <laughs> I'm having to read all that. Uh, you know, I, I come I come to a plan, and I always include the patient and what that plan's going to be. I 
uh, often I ask them what they think before I tell them what I think. Because uh-huh. it's important to change the mindset to help them to understand what's going on and how it's going to work. And uh, if you do that, then everything works better. They're, well, they're accepting of they're having they're going to have to participate in this. They can't just take a pill. They can't just have surgery. They're going to have to participate both before and after. Well, and I think it's important for the listeners out there that are listening. It's not like you don't accept insurance. The reality is if they're on Medicare, the things that are covered by Medicare, you're going to cover. It's only the other things you're recommending that might not be covered by their current Medicare supplement. And I say Medicare because I'm sure you have a lot of people that are over 65 that are coming to the clinic. Um, So, you know, that is the way it is. And as we have an aging population and they're living longer, um, you uh, and I'm sure both of you will say this. You don't have to live with these pains. Uh, you can live a very strong, healthy life all the way into your 90s. I see it happening all the time now. So, you know, are you seeing a lot of patients in their 90s and in their hundreds? Uh, my oldest independently living patient is 107. Whoa, I just dropped my jaw. Independently living, 107. <laughs> and and if you were to tell me what might be the secret for that 107-year-old, Glee? I'm going to say genetics. Genetics? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. And She has more energy at 107 than I have at 70. Wow. That's, that's so nice to hear. And Sarah, anything, last parting words from you about any of the things we've talked about? No, I just think like we've said before, the patient should do their homework and invest in themselves and come to get educated and, and treated appropriately. And we're happy to to serve whoever is ready to get well. Well, we're so appreciative of having you both take this time to be on Inside Personal Growth and to talk about regenerative medicine and wellness and healing and pain management. It was really quite informative, and I appreciate you also speaking about uh, the benefits of the IntelliFact kit, how you've used that in your patients, and how your patients have benefited from that. Um, Thank you both for being on the show, and thank you for taking this time uh, to speak with both the physician side who might be listening, and also those patients out there that are listening to the podcast. Greg, thank you. It's been a pleasant morning with you. Thank you guys so much, both of you. And your nice smiling faces. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this podcast on Inside Personal Growth. We appreciate your support. And for more information about new podcasts, please go to InsidePersonalGrowth.com or any of your favorite channels to listen to our podcast. Thanks again and have a wonderful day.